for the majority of us, we live rather ordinary lives. Most days we are walking through a fairly mundane existence. And the ordinary, the mundane, the the basic life leaves us thinking God must not have much use for someone like me. And in the boredom of it all, we may also be tempted to doubt the importance of our faithfulness in the ordinary moments of life because they seem so insignificant. So if we look at someone of, of great worldly importance, we think, well, surely their faithfulness in this moment is much more important than my faithfulness in a boring everyday life that I have. Today, we're going to take a look at the life of Joseph as we continue on in our story uh, or in our sermon series on the characters of Christmas. Daniel Darling, in his book, uh, refers to Joseph as the unsung hero of the Christmas story. And so what we're going to see with Joseph is an ordinary man, and yet our extraordinary God has an extraordinary plan for his life. So turn with me to Matthew 1. Our sermon is titled, Extraordinary Plans for the Ordinary. I'm going to read Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and then pray for us. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, was, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her. But he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this season. Thank you again for the the reminders of the hope we have because of this season, because of your son. So as we continue on uh, examining Uh, the Christmas story and the different people that are involved in it. I pray that you will encourage us, uh, that you will uh, fill us with hope and joy this season. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
So the first thing we, I want us to do is just take a look at uh, what we know about Joseph. Now, Joseph, Dan Darling calls him the unsung hero. Part of that really comes from there's just so little in the text about Joseph. Uh, and so, but what we do know is he is an ordinary man with an ordinary life. And so we're going to take a look at a couple of verses in this passage that introduce us to him and, and the kind of man that he is. And then we're going to have to look at a couple of other New Testament passages to kind of fill in the rest of uh, who this man is, at least who he is revealed in Scripture. So the first thing that we see about him is Joseph, this ordinary man with an ordinary life, is betrothed to be or he is betrothed to Mary. He is engaged is what the CSB translates. Uh, Betrothal was uh, more than just an engagement. It was like the first step of the marriage process in the day. So in Matthew one. And verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered that before they came together, she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So Joseph is betrothed to Mary. Uh, this first step, which oftentimes was about a year-long process uh, of their marriage, uh, and so it is more formal than what we would call an engagement in our days. And that's why uh, to sever this relationship actually required a divorce because it was the, the very first steps of the marriage. The second thing from this passage that we can see about Joseph is that Joseph is a descendant of David, of King David, so in verse 20, but after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He calls him son of David. So David, the king, this is a descendant of King David. Now, if we take what we think of royalty and today's time, that may distort our understanding about Joseph and make us think he probably didn't have an, an ordinary life at all. Because when we think of people who are in the royal family, we think of affluence, we think of importance, we think of significance. But that was not the case for Joseph hundreds of years after King David. But he is a descendant of King David. And then we get the rest of the picture in some other New Testament passages that help us kind of fill in the holes about this ordinary guy. The next thing we see about Joseph is Joseph was poor. And we have to get that from a little bit later in Luke's version of the birth of Jesus Christ when Jesus is going to be presented at the temple we see in Luke 2, I'm actually going to read, I think I gave you just 24. Mickey, I'm going to read 23 and 24. So just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. And then Luke 2, 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, 
a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, if we look back at the law that is there, uh, we would have to go back to Leviticus chapter 12 to learn about the offering that is supposed to be provided uh, when a child, when a firstborn child is being presented to the Lord. And the law requires that a lamb would be offered and a pigeon or a turtle dove. But there's a stipulation in Leviticus 12.8 that says if they have no means or if they don't have the means to offer the lamb, then they can offer two pigeons or two turtle doves. So the fact that Joseph and Mary are offering the sacrifice at Jesus' presentation that is allowable for someone who has no financial means to provide what was required, we get the image that Joseph and Mary are a poor family. And then the last thing we know about Joseph that just kind of helps us fill in that he is a ordinary man with an ordinary life comes later on in the Gospel of Matthew as Jesus is starting his ministry in his hometown of Nazareth in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 54 and 55, he went to his hometown, began to teach them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Starting in verse 55, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Isn't this the carpenter's son? So the last thing we know about Joseph is that he was a laborer, what we would call a blue collar worker. He was a carpenter. So from this kind of these, this put together snapshot of who this man is, we see Joseph is a regular guy and he is making plans to start a family with this young girl that we were introduced to last week. We learn that they are poor and he is from the working class, a carpenter, an ordinary man with an ordinary life. And in his ordinary life, he's living a life of faithfulness. And so let's look at the rest of this story to see the way that God is working in this man's life uh, and how Joseph is going to live in response to that. So what we learn about Joseph in this story is Joseph was faithful in the ordinary. In all of that mundane, boring, day in, day out, dull moments of life, Joseph is a faithful man. Matthew 1 and verse 19. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man... Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man, Joseph was known as a righteous man, a man who lived a life of faith, wanting to honor God. And so the decisions that he's going to make concerning the circumstance regarding Mary, he's going to make that decision not 
just in the moment because he's actually making that as a lifetime of decisions of faithfulness to God, righteousness. He was faithful in the day in and day out, and that's going to lead him to continue to be faithful to God even when life turns upside down for him. A life of obedience because he desired to honor God. He was faithful in the ordinary. The next thing we see about Joseph in this same verse is Joseph was compassionate regardless of the circumstance. Joseph was compassionate regardless of the circumstance. So back in verse 19, so her husband Joseph being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly decided to divorce her secretly. Not wanting to disgrace her publicly, he decided to divorce her secretly. Now, we don't know, the story doesn't tell us how Joseph even came to know about the pregnancy. We often assume that Mary told him, but the text doesn't tell us that. It just says that uh, it was discovered So maybe Mary told Joseph, an angel came to me and told me this. That could be, it could also be, remember, from a small town. People talk, people share. It could be that the, the rumors had spread and he learned about it from other people that Mary was going to have a child. But regardless, he comes to the knowledge that Mary is pregnant with a child. And again, the text is clear. They have not been together. So this is not his child. And being a righteous man, he doesn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he decides to divorce her in private. There were two ways that you could end a marriage relationship if there were grounds for that. And that was, one, a public trial where everyone could be there as a witness. And the evidence would be presented, and the offending party would bear the shame in front of their family, in front of their neighbors, in front of everyone, for the reason for calling off the marriage. Or, if you didn't want to go through a public trial, you were allowed by the law to have two witnesses come together privately to officially end the marriage. Evidence would be presented just to the two witnesses, and then the marriage could be ended privately. And that's the option that Joseph chose, the compassionate option He chose to not disgrace her. He showed compassion to her. His life has been upended. Joseph has to be hurting. You've probably heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. When we are hurt whether it's our pride or physically or emotionally, if we are hurting, we often lash out at others. 
We want others to feel our pain. Joseph does not do that in his pain, in his heartache of, of being at this moment of having to sever the relationship with Mary. He doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want to disgrace her and shame her in front of her family. And so he chooses an act of compassion and decides to privately end the marriage. He was compassionate regardless of the circumstance. And now we're going to see God's extraordinary plans for this ordinary guy, Joseph. God's extraordinary plans for ordinary Joseph, verse 20 to 23. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. The angel tells Joseph, you don't have to be afraid to go through with the marriage. Uh, You can take Mary as your wife. And then he goes on to explain who this child is and who this child is going to grow up to be. He says, you are going to name him Jesus. So he's letting Joseph know, essentially, you're going to adopt this child by naming him. You are the father of this child. You're the earthly father that's going to raise him. You're going to name him Jesus. And that name, of course, is significant. Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Joshua. Joshua means the Lord is salvation. And then the angel quotes the passage from Isaiah about the virgin birth uh, and says, This child will be called or known as Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. What an extraordinary plan for an ordinary, regular guy, a poor carpenter, going to raise the son of God. He's going to raise the child that's going to save people from their sins. God's plans are often surprising to us. We would have picked someone different, almost certainly, than Joseph. This is the son of God. And he's going to choose just a poor, regular, ordinary blue-collar worker, Joseph, to raise the Savior of the world? But God chooses Joseph. And I think that comes down to we know the Lord looks at the heart. Scripture teaches us that. And in Joseph's heart, excuse me, in Joseph's heart, the Lord saw the character of a man that he desired to raise his son, Jesus. 
And so the next thing in our text we see about Joseph is Joseph was obedient to God no matter the cost. Joseph was obedient to God no matter the cost. Verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. Joseph responds with obedience immediately. He uh, marries her. He goes through with the plans to continue on. And then when Jesus is born, he does exactly what he was commanded to do. And he names the child Jesus. Joseph responds without hesitation with obedience. And in this culture of the day, that's going to come at a cost for Joseph to marry her. It would cost him his dignity. It would cost him his reputation in town. Tim Keller says this, everybody in that shame and honor society will know that this child was not born nine or ten months after they got married. They will know that she was already pregnant. And that would mean that either Joseph and Mary had been intimate before marriage or that she was unfaithful to him. And as a result, they are going to be shamed. They are going to be socially excluded and rejected. They are going to be second-class citizens forever. There are even questions in Jesus' ministry, little jabs about his father, that are an indication that people do know and have questions about Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the story about the birth of about his birth. Joseph doesn't worry about those things. Joseph was obedient to what the Lord called him to do, even though it would cost him his dignity, even though it would cost him his reputation, and that people will ask questions and gossip. He willingly took that on, obedient to the life that the Lord was calling him to, just as Mary was. We saw that last week with Mary. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done to me just as you've said. Right? If this is what God has for me, then so be it. Doesn't matter what it's going to cost me. I'll endure it for the Lord. Joseph, this ordinary man, has much to teach us. He teaches us about faithfulness in the mundane and the ordinary. He teaches us about compassion, no matter the circumstance. He teaches us about obedience, no matter what it's going to cost. And in these things, I believe Joseph is also foreshadowing the Savior that he is going to raise. It's, he's foreshadowing Christ. And as we look through just a few areas that we've looked at today, we see Joseph is described as being righteous, but also compassionate. Joseph was righteous and compassionate. He followed the law of God, 
but then extended compassion to Mary, not wanting her to be shamed and disgraced. He extended compassion to care for others. And that's exactly how our Savior Jesus lived. Righteous, perfectly righteous. And yet His ministry was constant. A ministry of compassion extended to sinners. The second thing, we see Joseph would bear the shame for something that he didn't commit. Joseph would bear the shame for something that he didn't commit. He had done nothing wrong, but there will be shame by marrying her for either one, committing sin with her, or two, for marrying someone who had been unfaithful to him. And he will bear the shame of that. And he was willing to do that. Jesus Christ, of course, does that in his life. He would bear the shame throughout his life. False accusations uh, bear all kinds of shame all the way to the cross, the shame of the cross, and he had committed no sins. And lastly, obedience to God no matter what it would cost. Obedience to God no matter what it cost. Joseph did what God told him to do even though it would cost him. And Jesus Christ does the same to the point of death on a cross. Jesus Christ was obedient to his heavenly father, taking the death we deserved. Now, Jesus, of course, lived this life because of his divine nature. This is God, the son. But we do also see in the text today that Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, modeled this kind of life. And as he raised young Jesus, he taught his son how to live a life that honors God. Church, we may be, and we, most of us are, every day, living regular, ordinary lives, but faithfulness is vital, even in the ordinary And what we're reminded by God's work in this faithful but ordinary life of Joseph is that God isn't looking for the influencers. He comes to ordinary people like you and me. He uses ordinary people like you and me. He changes who we are and gives us an eternal purpose. His son Jesus came to do just that. And we'll look more at him next week. But in the meantime, church, let's keep pursuing faithfulness even in the boring, dull, ordinary moments of life. Let's be a people of compassion regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. And let's respond in obedience to God no matter what it costs us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. Keep using us. Keep working in us. Thank you for your patience with us. Help us be obedient. Moment by moment. For your glory, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.